Good morning. I'm excited to be with you this morning and be a part of your worship time together. Uh, I want to thank my wife and, and Jalen for being with me this morning. Uh, I, too, will add my shout-out to the fathers in the room. That uh, Happy Father's Day, and God blesses upon you today as you uh, celebrate that time together with family. A great time to do that is today, and uh, we're excited to be here. I understand from uh, John that you all have been studying the order of salvation, and he talked about some things up to, to this day, and, and he asked me to church on what it means as it relates to being changed as part of your salvation. And I think in 2 Corinthians 5, if you want to turn there with me, 2 Corinthians 5, Paul covers that very adequately. Uh, I'm going to begin reading with verse 12 uh, in 2 Corinthians 5. And so while you're turning there, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pray that God will open our hearts and our minds to him and uh, pray for the fathers while I'm at it as well. Father, we're thankful and we are grateful for this day and for this privilege and for the wonderful opportunity we have now to open your word, to study your word. God, we pray for illumination. We pray for enlightenment. We pray for understanding. We pray for revelation and knowledge and wisdom of you, God, that as we open our hearts to you, God, that you would give us what we need. And God, we pray even more that when we leave this place, we won't be the same, but we'll be a new creation in you, that old things have passed away, and behold, all things will become new to us as we leave this place, that we'll walk in revelation and knowledge of that newness of life in you, in Christ Jesus' name. And God, we're thankful today for the fathers in the room. We thank you for what they have offered to us and what they're offering to us. So I pray your blessings upon them today. As we celebrate this day together, God, I pray in our hearts that it be a continual celebration of fatherhood together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So in this passage of scripture, I'm going to begin reading at verse 12. It says, for we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you an opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God, or if we are sound of sound mind, it is for you. Verse 14 says, For the love of Christ compels us because we judged us that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Verse 16, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all these things are now all things are from God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and he and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were here pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled unto God. For he has made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, 
that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In this passage, Paul is very clear about our salvation and how that salvation should change us. In this passage of scripture, Paul uses the word reconciliation. He used the word reconciled. He, he uses that word, but also he uses the word uh, new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. And so I believe Paul was, was reminiscing as, and reflecting and remembering his experience, his encounter on the Damascus Road with Jesus Christ. And, and, and so he uses the word therefore and henceforth and whereforth in the King James. Those words mean that uh, anytime we use therefore, it means that something happened before we got to therefore, and because we said therefore, you ought to pay attention to what just happened or what was just said. <laughs> and so he says, therefore, because of what Christ has done, we should no longer live as we used to live. In fact, he says, you no longer live for yourself because now you no longer belong to yourself. Your life it belongs to Christ Jesus, and what you do from now on, you ought to do it through him, and he should do it through you. You should live for him, and so therefore, you ought to do some things differently now, and henceforth, I don't know what Paul meant with henceforth, but when my grandmother said henceforth, what she meant was if I were ever caught thinking, doing whatever it is that I was caught doing, henceforth meant that if I ever been caught doing that again, even thinking about doing that again, my very life was in danger. <laughs> And so therefore, you know, it took me a long time to realize that what henceforth and th- that henceforth meant because, you know, it, it, I didn't realize I was so small and, and, and I was so um, determined. Can I use that word? She probably would say something like hard-headed, but I, I want to change that word. I, I was very determined, and, and she thought I was stubborn and hard-headed, but it, no, I was determined, see, and I was looking to her to turn that energy around because I was determined and, and direct that determination in a positive direction. Are y'all feeling me today? And, and, so, and so I was not hard-headed, so don't go here and leave here saying Nettie said he was hard-headed, see, even though I have a spot there where she mauled my head because I was determined to... And so I, I use that analogy because sometimes we are like that. Even though things have changed, even though we need to act differently, we need, we need to do differently, and even many times and oftentimes we would say stuff like, I know I, I shouldn't do this, I know I shouldn't have this, I, I, know I, I, I know better than this, but then we do what we know not to do anyway. Just want you to feel me just for a moment because... Paul is is urging us, and as we think about our order of salvation because of what Christ has done for us, he has changed our relationship with him completely, and because our relationship with him has been changed completely, we are changed completely. And so when you look at verse 14 and 15 in this passage of scripture, you think about something like uh, what my grandmother meant when she was mauling my head is that a henceforth, from now on, I won't think and do as I did before because now I know better. I've been punished. I should, I even gotten a motivation not to do the same thing again. And therefore, I will do differently now from what I used to do because I know better. I have better sense than to do that again, right? And so he says here, we ought to do some termination of the self-life. Because of the change, we should no longer think about self first. We should think about others more than ourselves, but more importantly, we ought to think about Jesus Christ and what he has done in our lives. Therefore, I will terminate 
Are y'all with me? I will terminate the old life and I will initiate the new life because of the change that have happened in me. Therefore, there's some things I must do to join with him in order for him to use me now to do what he's called me to do. I think about this word successful failure. I, you know, don't think about it a lot, but I think about how will I avoid being a successful failure? especially on Father's Day. When I think about what a successful failure is, it means that God had a purpose in mind when he created me. He had a destiny in mind for me. And, and all of that, I may miss that and still be successful based on my standards, on your standards. I could still be successful. But if I don't meet the place, the destiny, the purpose, what God has called me to do and fulfill that I've done, then I'm just a successful failure. Wow. That's heavy duty stuff. And so, here in this passage, I really want to read uh, the, the definition of this completely changed thing from a, the literal translation in, 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 in this translation of verses, especially verses 18 and 20. If you allow me to, listen, if I replace the word reconciliation or the word reconcile or the word change to his literal meaning, here's what it would sound like starting with verse 18. Listen what it says. All this is from God, who thoroughly changed our relationship to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry, listen to this, the ministry of radical relational transformation. If you take those words and do a word search, you'll find out that, that radical relational transformation mean a totally, completely brand new person. Literally, old things are dead. All things have become new because of the change that have taken place in me through what Christ has done with me. Therefore, I don't see things the same way. I don't think about things the same way because now I'm no longer thinking for myself, but I'm allowing Christ to do in me and through me and for me that which he wishes to do. So it's no longer me, but it's Christ who lives in me to do the work that he wants to do. And so he says, radical. Well, you got an idea of what radical means. It means that totally different from whatever it was before. It's radically different. I, I don't know how to define that word very clearly, but radical to me means that I'm doing the opposite of what you would think I would do. I'm the different, uh, I'm, I'm totally different from what I used to be. I, I'm a, I'm a uh, graduate of Alcorn State University and I see some of my classmates we're coming up uh, pretty soon on our 50th anniversary and so some of them hadn't seen me since every now and then I go to homecoming and other thing they would see me and they, you know, they'd say well what are you doing there? I'm a pastor I'm a preacher and they just begin to laugh I'm trying to, some even just fall down on the ground and just be thinking you know I'm trying to really be laughing I remember the first time I saw uh, McDonald one of, one of my good friends from Alcorn he worked in the, in the landmark building downtown I worked in the fellow building and I was walking down the street one day and and he saw me, I saw him, and, and, you know, we had the great reunion and everything, and I told him what I was doing, and he had a buddy with him that knew me as well, and, and we, we reminisced about the days at Alcorn, and then he said, what are you doing now, Ned? And he, he said, I'm working for the telephone company and all that good thing. I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm working, I'm bivocational pastor. And I just said that, and they just started laughing. <laughs> and they just continued to laugh. And I mean, it, it, it got paranoid. It, it got embarrassing because they just kept laughing. The more they laughed, the harder the gut, you know, they, that gut laugh. I'm telling you, they were really rolling and laughing. I'm saying, like, really? And so I just walked off and left them. 
And as I walked uh, east on, on Capitol Street, I mean west on Capitol Street, I would look back to the landmark building. They were still standing in front of the building laughing, pointing at me. Here's why they were doing that, Bob, because they knew me before. And because of what they knew about me when I was in school, that was a radical change, and they could not believe the change that had taken place in me. Even had, they hadn't even observed the change. They just heard me express the change that had taken in me. You, a preacher, you got to be kidding. And so he says, a radical relational transform, transformation. That is, in Christ, God, listen to this, God completely changed the word relationship to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting and entrusted the message of this radical change to us. So we are ambassadors of Christ, and since God is making his appeal through us, his changed vessels, his changed vehicle, his changed voices, because we have changed because of salvation, he is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be changed completely in your relationship with God. So now we have become instruments because of the change that have taken place in us, because we have terminated the old life, we have initiated the new life. That was a totally, completely different me now than what used to be. My wife of 44 years and eight months and 17 days and a little over 11 hours here that we have watched each other change drastically, completely over the last 44 plus years. Yeah, five children, 11 grandchildren, four great-grandchildren. That's, that's the reason to change right there, nothing else. And so it's exciting to be in a, what I call an adventure with God. Every day is a new adventure. Every day is a new creation. Every day is yet a new opportunity. God included us in his day today. I don't have a bad day because I don't own a day. So every day is God's day, and the problems and the issues of his day, God, you got. I know you got it because this is your day. I don't have a day, therefore I'm going to enjoy the day that you have given me the privilege to be part of. That's why the psalmist can say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in his day, not my day, so not take on the burdens of the world, the burdens of the day. I just allow God to do with me, through me, and for me that which he's willing to do. And you, if you just happen to meet me and encounter me, you just get the benefit. People say, what are you smiling about? They even say things like, you got to watch those folks that are always smiling because you never know what they're up to. You're exactly right. I used to have that sign hanging. Somebody stuck it on my desk, you know. So watching those people that are smiling all the time, you never know what they're up to. You know, I'm smiling because the burdens of the world is not upon me because the change that God has wrought in me, that he had made in me, because of this newfound salvation that God has given me, this new life, yet another opportunity to get it right. And yes, this initiation of change, when I worked for uh, Mississippi Home Corporation running the Housing Finance Authority for Mississippi, at some point, I had to stop with the background check. I had to stop with the credit report. I had to stop with the records and all of those. At some point, I had to make a decision whether or not these people that were sitting before me was going to repay a 33-year mortgage or not. And many times, by faith, it was helpful that they had a good record. It was helpful that they had a good background. But you know what? Because of what they had done, 
did not guarantee they were going to continue to do what they had been doing. But by faith, by trust in those individuals, I had to, I had to initiate the loan and execute the documents and believe that they were going to fulfill their responsibility and obligation. As it is in the Christ life, he says in 17th verse that we are new creations in Christ Jesus. By faith, I accept the fact that Jesus has changed me. By faith, I have to accept the fact that he has changed you and that he has reconciled us to himself. And when he reconciled me unto himself and reconciled you unto himself, we became brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God together in the body of Christ. That's the kind of change that salvation has brought about. Those that were far off, he allowed them to come closer in. Those that were already there has been reconciled with those that was far off. I'll be back on July the 10th, and, and we'll build some more on that as it relates to Mission Mississippi. But my job this morning was to uh, express the change in us. We have been radically relational transformation, or that has taken place within us, and there's a complete change that have changed us. Now, because you have changed, I want to leave with this. Now, because you have changed, Samuel Hines, pastor in the Church of God in D.C., went, 78, I believe it was, he went with, when they was doing the Truth Commission and all of that, the Peace, the truth, peace and Truth Commission and Truth and Reconciliation Committee and, and, and Apartheid and, and Africa and all of that. He went over there and spoke, and he spoke from this past. He spoke about reconciliation, and, and somebody got up and said, Reconciliation, reconcile, mamby pamby, soft, mamby pamby. What we need is a revolution. And he got back up. He said, that pool has changed. So he got back up and he says, listen, let me tell you something. The revolutionist says this. The world is in bad shape, and I'm going to fix it. And if you get in my way, I will kill you because I have to do what I got to do. Then he said, the reconciler, which we are, says the world is in bad shape and I'm going to work to change it. And if you confront me, I will lay down my life for the cause. God has called us, he has changed us, and he's given us the call to walk in the grace of the gospel. God bless you and God keep you. Thank you. <laughs>